Hello, everyone, and welcome to I'm Not Your Shrink, a podcast about changing the dialogue in your life. I am Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical health psychologist and couples therapist. Each week, we talk about everyday issues that people face with the intention of helping you to feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live your life. Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to another episode. Today, I want to talk about a core emotion that we all have and how to deal with it. And that is the emotion of fear. Have you ever had that experience where you really wanted to do something? You dreamed of it, you thought of it, you made plans towards it, but you didn't end up doing it. Or maybe it is the experience of wanting to go and meet new friends, try a new exercise studio, or give a big presentation. Maybe get a new job. What is it that gets in the way of you doing those things? There are so many times when we have a desire, a goal, and we want to do something, but something stops us right in our tracks. And oftentimes what this is, is the experience of fear. Fear of being judged, fear of not being good enough, fear of possible humiliation or shame, fear of failing. What did you do in these moments? Did you listen to the fear and decide, oh, well, that wasn't what I really wanted to do, maybe next time, or did you go and do it? Now, I'm hoping that you can relate to this. Maybe you might even be experiencing this in your season of life right now. I want to tell you about where I have been the last year with this tricky emotion of fear, and then I will talk more about how to cope with it. Where I've been in the last year in terms of my own profession has been one of experiencing a lot of fear. I would say that this last year has put me completely outside of my comfort zone. For me, professionally, my comfort zone is sitting with my clients. When I'm with individuals, with couples, or maybe even giving presentations, I am comfortable in this space. Now, this isn't a space that I was always comfortable in. It was one where I had to grow into, and I didn't always feel like I was good enough as a psychologist. But over the years, through the years of training and education and now autonomous practice, it's a space that I feel comfortable in. But over time, I started to feel like something needed to change. Comfortable wasn't giving me enough. I have always wanted to reach more people and I often hear my clients talking about blogs that they're reading or different posts on social media or listening to podcasts and they're sharing the type of information that they're learning and how that is helping them make changes and gaining insight into what's happening in their life. Now, before my second child was born, I really wanted to try new things. I wanted to write, I wanted to do media pieces, and I wanted to start taking therapy outside of the therapy room. But I had to put these goals on hold to prioritize my family. That happens, right? Sometimes the timing just isn't right, and there are too many balls that you're juggling that you have to reprioritize what it is that you're holding in your hands. Those first few weeks after my daughter's birth, I was immersed in being a mom. This wasn't a new role for me. I was there just two and a half years prior to that, so I knew exactly what I needed to do. Of course, children always end up being different and throw you for a loop. But I knew I needed to focus on feeding and sleeping and healing, and that was my main goal at that time. After a few months, my daughter would sleep in the morning, and that would give me my me time. I'm using air quotes here. My son would be off to daycare, and I would be home with our baby. 
And it was during this downtime that I started to feel that creative urge. I didn't want to be comfortable anymore. So I started to write and then ponder this bigger goal of mine. So I started to do things that were feeling uncomfortable. I was submitting pitches and different media pieces and writings. And I have to say, I got rejected and I would hear nothing. It's almost that hearing nothing is harder than the actual rejected letter. But in order to get those yeses, I kept telling myself I needed to tolerate those no's. Okay, so keep up with those no's. There's a good reason why you have to put yourself out there. That in order to have an opportunity or to reach a goal, you need to fail a little. I'll get to that in a little bit. But oh boy, I was certainly not doing so great. And I kept focusing though on what was feeling good. I was creating, and that's what was important at the time. Now, a few months later, it was probably about six months postpartum, I got a call back from one of the pitches to do a media piece on managing stress in the workplace, my first television appearance, and it was going to be live. If there is something that is nerve-wracking, it is knowing that you cannot say, can we just cut and try again? There is no editing. There was no space for mistakes, and I had to do it all in four minutes. And I remember the night before. I had so much fear wash over me, and I thought, maybe tonight I'll get the flu, and I won't have to do it. And in the morning, on the way to the studio, I thought, maybe I'll get into a car crash, and then I won't have to do this appearance. These wild thoughts kept popping up. There was so much fear that kept telling me all these reasons not to do this. And I was even finding excuses in my mind. I actually recently told this to my husband and he was surprised to hear just how much fear I felt before these events. So following this first big media appearance, I was then invited to do a podcast and that's when it hit me. The idea of starting a podcast of my own was really exciting. And so I started to think about it and get energized by the thought of it. I have been listening to podcasts for years. I was listening to French podcasts when my degree, my PhD, required me to be passively bilingual. And I've been listening to meditation podcasts well before Headspace and Calm came out. So this felt like something that was right for me. So I started to sit and plan and the idea was growing and I was pumped. Now, how many times can you relate to that experience where you have an idea and you go and you do it and you do it with all of your heart and you don't care what people think, but you just rock it? What is cool about that is that you trusted yourself. You listened to your initial feelings. Some might even call that intuition. And then you went for it. Or maybe it doesn't go so well, but it's a huge learning opportunity for you to do it. You've put yourself out there, whatever the outcome you have learned from it and you didn't let anything stop you. Well, that was not the case for starting this podcast. I did not just go and jump in and do it wholeheartedly. Instead, I started to think of it more and the thoughts would just pour in. What will I talk about? Am I good enough? What will people think? What will people think of me? Can I make it go long enough? What will be the logistics? You get the theme of the thoughts. I would just get swept away in all of these thoughts, and when they started, fear would creep in. This is a cycle we see all the time. When we think something, it triggers feelings inside of us. Let's do this now. As you're listening, I want you to stop. If you're doing something else, just stop for a moment. And I want you to just take a moment to imagine something. Imagine a bowl of your favorite treat. Maybe it's ice cream. 
Maybe your favorite toppings are on top. Do you notice that? Do you imagine it? Okay, now what did you notice your body do? What did you notice you start to feel? For most people, when I do this in session, they smile and they say they start to feel happy or they laugh a little. And it just shows us that the things that we say, the things that we think are very much related to how we feel and what happens in our body. So you can imagine then all the things I started to feel having these hard thoughts. And the number one feeling was fear. I could feel it physiologically, tingling in my fingers, the tightness in my chest, I would flush, and then I would do what just made sense, which was to avoid and distract myself. Because here's the thing, all humans do not want to experience something unpleasant. It is so natural to want to avoid something, and actually, it's evolutionary. So let's go into that for a moment. Our brains are so good at detecting danger. It is a survival mechanism. Let's take the example that you are out on a walk on a sunny day, out in the forest, in the mountains, and suddenly you stop right in your tracks. You have sensed something before you even know what it is. That is how your brain works. A message is sent to the back of your brain, to the limbic system, and to a small structure called the amygdala, and it says, danger. There's an emotional appraisal of fear, And then there is a cognitive appraisal, that's the thought part, from the front of your brain, and that says, there is a bear, do not run. So fear can play a key role when there is a true threat. It's an important emotion and will save us in that moment. But here's the challenge. Today, our brains are really good at telling us that something is threatening and danger in the absence of a true threat. Now you might be thinking, well, being rejected is quite threatening, and I agree. However, that's also just a thought, and it's also just a feeling. But we treat our thoughts and feelings to be true. But they are just bits of language. And oftentimes those messages, the fear, the thoughts of whatever they might be, those are just messages that we have learned along the way. Maybe we had a difficult experience growing up, Maybe they were things that people told us, what we've experienced in the world. And it's not the thought and feeling that's the issue. It's then what we do that matters. That becomes the problem. So it's when we start to avoid things or we start to move away from stuff or we don't try to reach that goal. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom and instead my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me. And these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. 
The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoccom slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. If you think of fear as an acronym, F-E-A-R, it stands for false expectations appearing real. I had an expectation that nobody will listen. It might still be true. I'm not sure. But then it became reality for me. And reality hadn't even happened. Now, we can do two things when fear comes up. One, we can move away and avoid it. That's shutting down, letting fear take over. How many times can you relate to fear coming up into your life and you shutting down, moving away, and not doing what is important to you? Now, the other choice is to move towards what is meaningful And there are a lot of emotions that come up with this. There is so much fear and it's risky and it's scary and it's hard when you move towards that, something that is important to you. So for example, in my situation, I don't know what people are going to think. What will the reviews be? But these are things that I cannot control. And the only thing that I can control is whether I choose to approach something that is really important to me Or do I choose to avoid it? Now for myself, I knew I needed to go down a hard road. One of the ways that I work with clients when it comes to dealing with fear is through an acceptance and commitment therapy perspective. What this type of therapy talks about is A-C-T or ACT. A, we accept what we cannot control. We accept that life presents us with challenges and that we have all kinds of hard thoughts and feelings each day. Accept what you cannot control and instead, C, commit yourself to what's important to you, to your values. A commitment to what matters. And then the T in ACT is to take action. Each day, take small steps towards what matters. 
Okay, so one of the things that I often hear from clients is you keep talking about accepting and I don't know how to do this. And I need you to know that I get it because it's really hard and it's a skill. So here's the thing. You have to know that you cannot change, get rid of, or completely avoid your thoughts and feelings. I haven't found a way to do that. Now, you can look at your thoughts and feelings and find more adaptive ways or alternative ways to dealing with those hard thoughts and feelings. That works. But sometimes those really hard thoughts keep coming up. And I haven't found that magic pill yet that's going to say, hey, you don't have any more anxious thoughts. If I found that pill, I wouldn't be in business. But hey, instead, what would it be like to acknowledge that your thoughts are just thoughts? They are just pieces of language coming together. And so accepting them means that it's something you cannot control. They are spontaneous and they are just thoughts. One of the ways that you can start to accept your thoughts is instead of getting wrapped up in them, wrapped up in the what if, I'm not good enough, and following them, is stepping outside of them. So saying to yourself, I notice. I notice myself having the thought. I notice myself feeling fear when this thought comes up. The analogy I like to use is like driving a car. Now, when you are inside of your thoughts and caught up in them, you are inside of the car, seeing the scenery as it goes by. What would it be like if you could stand on the side of the road and just watch the car go by and notice what urges come up? Notice what thoughts and feelings you have and notice what urges come up when that happens. So for myself, the thought of, I'm not good enough to do this podcast, the fear. Well, if I continue to follow that, then the choice I would make is that I wouldn't do this. So what if I could just stand on the sidewalk and see, oh, look, right, there's my mind doing it again. I notice the story, the story that I keep telling myself and look at all that fear. Remember that these are stories or narratives that you are so used to telling yourself but they are not truth. Another way to separate yourself from your thoughts is to try singing the thought. So for example, my son recently is singing the Batman intro. So try singing that I'm not good enough to a Batman song or to happy birthday or whatever tune it is that you are thinking of right now. Another way to bring acceptance to these difficult thoughts and feelings is to get really present. So when fear is up and running, try to get yourself present in the moment. You can do this by using your senses. So using your sense of sight, looking around you and noticing different things in your environment, maybe your sense of touch, touching the chair, feeling what the fabric on your clothes feel like, or maybe the pen in your hand, or maybe there's a smell or a taste, or maybe you hear something. Now, as you do this, allowing yourself to get present, Also try shifting your focus to your breath and give yourself a moment to take a few slow, deep breaths and notice what happens when you do this because you can't be caught up in that worry and cycling and rumination of thoughts um, and trying to take deep breaths at the same time. Only one function can work. So try shifting your attention to your breath and just taking that nice, slow, deep breath. Another great way to begin to deal with fear is to have some kind of saying or expression that you remind yourself of when fear is up and running. 
So for myself, my mantra and expression right now is permission. I have written this down in my office. I have it on a chalkboard. Um, It comes up for me in difficult moments and I just say permission. And it's a cue for me to first breathe and be present, but then also to say it's okay to have these feelings. So one example is if I'm driving home and someone cuts me off, I say permission and I'm okay with it. Or if I'm feeling that fear, just saying, hey, it's okay. Now we see these memes and expressions all day long on our social media, and I think they can be helpful when you choose something that really fits for you. Whether it's something about anxiety or coping, post it somewhere, move it around, don't habituate to it, find different ways to integrate it into your day-to-day life. Okay, so earlier I said, let yourself fail. Sometimes the best way to deal with fear is to do exactly what it is that you are afraid of. Okay, wait, I said sometimes, and I'm going to rephrase that and say, I just want you to try it. Just do it. One of my favorite expressions comes from Samuel Beckett, and it's also the title of a book by Pima Chodron. Fail, fail again, fail better. Okay, I want to say that again because it is so powerful. Fail fail again, fail better. This is the idea that you need to lean into failure. That if you are so afraid of failing, you will not move, you will not learn, and you will not grow. You will limit yourself, and you will not learn how to sit with fear and how to deal with failing. Failing is a part of life, and if we can experience it and cope with it and even teach it to our children or colleagues or friends show that we're okay to do that, we are growing. So instead, if you can move into failing, move into those hard feelings, then something else can come from this. So I want you to go and do exactly what it is that you are afraid of. Set a big goal and take that risk and let yourself fail and fail many times. Now, I've talked about work in terms of my own situation, though I know people experience fear in so many other areas of their life. Sometimes as a parent, I know for a long time we were afraid to say no to our toddler because he had this epic meltdown that lasted for an hour one day. Or sometimes there's fear that comes up in terms of your job or your career. Or maybe there's fear in your relationship or dating You know, the fear of being alone or the fear of putting yourself out there and getting rejected. Maybe this fear will give you a chance to know that there is something really important that you need to do. What I hope you can take away from today's episode is that fear is part of our life. It is a normal emotion and so many of us experience it. And that there are times where it stops us from doing something that is really important. And in those moments, you have a choice. Now, I'm going to leave you with a task. I want you to try something. Whenever you listen to this, in whatever stage you are at in the year, in your family, in your work or career, I want you to sit with your fear and get to know it. I want you to be curious about it like it was a piece of Lego sitting in front of you, or if not Lego, perhaps some other thing that you really, really like to look at. Notice it. Oh, look, what is my brain telling me? Isn't that interesting? It's fear. And allow yourself to just be curious. What are those thoughts? 
what's it doing to me? What's it telling me to do? And instead of being hard on yourself, just allow yourself to be curious and see if you can let yourself sit with and tolerate that fear. And then perhaps you can also start to live that life where you are authentic and you can be all of you in all aspects of your life. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember that you are exactly where you need to be. If you are looking for more information on today's show, head over to drtracyd.com and you can also find me on social media. If you enjoyed listening to this episode today or you know someone that is struggling with fear, please consider sharing it. I would be thrilled if you left me a review and let me know what you thought. And even more so, I would love to know what areas you are struggling with and would like to hear on a podcast episode. Remember, this podcast is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for the care from a licensed professional. Take care and have a great week. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.